Case Dealers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, running solo today, and we've got a good show lined up for you today. Uh, some good news to start off the show, then we'll get into some analysis in the second part of the show, then in the third segment, you know I'm going to be doing my rant thing, but... Let's start off with the top news of the day. Now, of course, it was doom and gloom to start the week for the Steelers. Monday, Vance McDonald tested positive for COVID-19, and it was, oh, no. Oh, God. Why us? This is not good. Please, don't let this happen. And then it was the, the question was, who all is going to test? Who's all is going to get, you know, be, be quarantined for the entire week going into the game? And then Tuesday, it was, as everyone feared, Ben Roethlisberger. And it was Jalen Samuels, Vince Williams, and Gerald Hawkins. But, of course, the big one is... Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I've told you guys on the show, I don't think that's that big a problem. Ben can take off the entire week, come in on Sunday, sling four touchdowns, go home and feel good about himself. The biggest thing I, I think Ben should be doing right now is just using these virtual meetings to study, study, study. Learn what all the things the Bengals are doing. And, you know, if you got your own space, you know, try to throw into different pockets. Just keep your arm going. Uh, but you got to be ready for what the Bengals are going to try to throw at you. Jesse Bates is a very good safety, all this, that, and the third. But the news segment here is that we got some good news on the injury front moving forward for the rest of the season. Notably, we've got Mike Hilton and Derek Watt back in full practice on Wednesday. That is huge. Mike Hilton is a lot bigger to this defense than I think anybody gives him credit for. He stuffs the run. He rushes the passer. He covers underneath. He had a huge game-changing interception against against Deshaun Watson. Last year, he had a huge game-changing interception against Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that was some, that someone else that the Steelers were missing. Maybe they would have had five or six turnovers if Mike Hilton was out there against the Ravens. Uh, but him being back is going to add to the, to, the, to the variety and the diversity that the Steelers like to use their attacks on. I think it's going to allow a little more flexibility back into Keith Butler's game plan. Instead of trying to throw five linebackers on the field, he's going to be able to rotate guys around and let Mike do his thing. It's not just Mike Mike uh, Mike Hilton being out there and being active. It's his instincts. It's the way he charges into the line. It's the way that he anticipates the snap of the ball, the way he sees plays developing before they do. He's an extremely uh, studious player. I, I love watching him. I love talking to him. I learn a lot every time I get a chance to speak with him. Now, that being said, the other guy coming back, Derek Watt. Now, we haven't seen enough of Derek Watt to say what he's going to mean for this team, but I can tell you what I think he could mean for this team. Uh, I told you about the rushing offense yesterday and the struggles they were going for going through. I'm going to say that Derek Watt coming back may be another boost to them as well because at the fullback position, something that they were planning on having this year, that's what James Conner runs the best behind. You give him a leading blocker that comes that he can follow, that's where he finds the most confidence. And maybe that's another aspect of this, of this team that has been missing. He's also a special teams contributor. And what was struggling last week? But special teams. I think that this is this is a double dose of good news for the Steelers here getting both of these guys back. You kind of have good news also with Tyson Alulu. Limited in practice on Wednesday. Doesn't mean he's playing, but doesn't mean he's not playing. And that means that, hey, just keep keep watching. Maybe Thursday, maybe Friday, he gets a full practice. If he practices at, at full at full capacity at any point this week, count Tyson Alulu to play this week. I know Mike Tomlin said he's confident that he gets both him and Hilton back. I think that would be huge for this team. And the other good news is that there's not really too many other injuries to talk about. Now, Isaiah Bugs didn't practice with an ankle injury. That'll, that'll be concerning, but the only other player that didn't practice because of with a quote-unquote injury listing was Juju Smith-Schuster with his knee injury. But again, that's he's done that for like four weeks in a row. We're used to that. We know he's just resting up so he can practice Thursday and Friday. He was play, playing fine in the, in the over the past few weeks. He's been one of the best, the best Steelers on offense for Ben Roethlisberger to rely on. 
don't panic, Steelers, Steelers fans. Juju's going to be fine. Now, Isaiah Bugs, though, I would be concerned about him and Alulu because both him and him and Alulu are out. It's going to put a lot of stress on that defensive front to keep that rotation going, and they're running thin on guys. Chris Wormley's on injured reserve. If both those guys were out, then that would put Henry Mondo and Carlos Davis calling up to try and get the, get the thing done in the middle of the field. I would have a problem with that. But, again, maybe not. If, if, even if you get one of these guys back for this week, It'd be huge. They get both back. You're talking fresh legs for Tuit and Hayward in the fourth quarter. That's going to be a big part of this game. But again, all the other players that didn't practice, non-injury related. Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva, Eric Ebron, Stephon Tuit, all of which designated for non-injury reasons for not practicing. This is not a concern. Do not fret, Steelers fans. Your team is healthy and looking good going into this week. Now, if that changes, we'll let you know on Friday. Dale, Dale's at practice. He'll 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 be able to break things down for you from Thursday, give you his insights on everything. So I think we're in a good spot here. All right, news is out of the way. Analysis coming up next. But first, we got to throw it to a quick break. When we come back, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the Steelers could be doing with Alex Highsmith and more of what they can do on defense right after this. Steelers podcast. I'm your host Chris Carter running solo today. Dale's got the day off um, doing his thing writing and everything but I got to, I'm going to try and carry you through with this podcast here. Um, let's talk about Alex Highsmith because DK, Dan Kovacevic, the guy, of course it's the DK Steelers podcast. Um, he wrote an interesting piece about why not you utilize uh, Alex Highsmith more. Now Alex Highsmith has been good this year. He has, uh, he's, he's looked solid against the run. He's helped against the pass. He intercepted uh, Lamar Jackson and a huge interception to help flip that game over. He had, he got his first sack of the season last week against the Cowboys. Um, and he's been solid. Whenever you, he's out there, you don't ever say, man, that, uh, that edge is getting destroyed uh, you know, in, in the ground game. Or a, He's contributing, and I like that uh, about him. Um, and he's doing it by... Um, he, he's doing it by using a lot of the fundamentals. There was a there was a nice tackle he had on um, on Ezekiel Elliott where he engaged the tight end and uh, and then he was able to he was able to get a lower pad level, get his hands inside, keep the outside shoulder free. Uh, those are three key rules of edge defenders. And then by getting all those three done, when he when he he diagnoses the play when he's ready, he just tosses his man aside, goes in and gets Ezekiel Elliott for a good tackle. This, this is a guy who's already playing well, but I want to caution those who think, oh, just throw him in a lot more. It's not that easy. You don't want, I said the same thing about Robert Spillane, you don't want to start overloading the young guy who's playing well. You want to give him time to keep evaluating himself. Now, there's certain players that, that break that rule. Chase Claypool, one of them. Maybe Kevin Dotson will become that, um, but... You want to keep giving Highsmith the chance to evaluate himself, especially when you've got two prime edge defenders in T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. No reason to rush him on the field for either of those guys. You do want him giving them giving them uh, relief, so maybe get him on the field more for that. 
But honestly, I know what some people are thinking. Like, you know, why not put him in more and then they just run with him. They just put move TJ Watt or Bud Dupree over the middle the way they have on occasion and take off Robert Spillane. Well, few things there. One, you want your best edge defenders doing what they do the best, edge defending. And you want to scare people a little bit with different looks. So like that's something that they can use on occasion, but you don't want that to be your bread and butter. I think that the bigger answer here is if you're wondering about defense over the middle, you're looking right at Avery Williamson. That's what they paid for him, paid for, paid for him to come here and help. That's what you're going to see this, this team use him for. He's going to line up in the middle, play some defense, get physical, and that's where you're going to see that's where you're going to see him help the Steelers, especially against the run. Go go get those fullbacks. Go get those offensive linemen in the hole. Beat them. Be more physical. That's what Robert Spillane can't do. Spillane is good at just just coming up and hitting, or you know, making the play when the play's there. But he's not the guy that's gonna beat beat the lineman in the hole at the point of attack. He's not the guy that's going to shrug off shrug off a dude and go get a sack. Um, we've seen again. He's seen when the play comes to him and he's able to make the play. He he takes it. He knocks the ball away. He intercepts Lamar Jackson. All those things are right, but. Avery Williamson is going to come along here. And when he does, that's when I think the Steelers' rotation is going to become very interesting because then you can put him and Williams and Spillane and rotate between the three of them for different matchup opportunities. And then at the same time, uh, because again, remember Vince Williams, he's the destroyer of running backs in the backfield. You want him rushing the quarterback up the middle. Um, and then at the same time, maybe that is where you throw in Alex Highsmith off the edge and maybe you bump him around. Um, I really think Highsmith could be a good asset there. But again, I brought this guy up in the last segment. Don't forget about Mike Hilton. Hilton is a guy who can definitely get it, get it done on the edge and up the middle in the ground game. Cam Sutton's been able to help there as well. But this is this is all this is all going to be be about who who are the guys that can engage in the hole, put their nose into the pile, and be able to come out victorious. I think that they've got those guys right now. I really do. Um, and uh, it, it, especially if Tyson Alulu's back, when they go to the three four base and he's out there, I really think that he's going to help stunt whatever is going on, and that's going to help keep clean the linebackers. Because remember, the key role of the linebacker of the defensive line isn't just beating people by yourself; it's making sure your linebackers are free to make plays. And when you have a Spillane, when you got a Williams, William, Vince Williams can, can can handle himself in the hole. But when you keep your linebackers clean, then they come down and they can be more physical. That's a huge reason why uh, Robert Spillane had that huge hit on Derrick Henry. Stephon Tuitt cleaned out the guard that was supposed to come down and block Spillane, which allowed him to say, okay, all I'm worrying about is Derrick Henry. Let me charge and get Derrick Henry. If he had to worry about an offensive lineman in the way, either A, he gets blocked, or B, he's a little distracted trying to dodge him, and then Derrick Henry probably runs him over. So... That's where this all this comes into. It's, again, that team chemistry up front. Again, I think Alex Highsmith can help with that team chemistry because you want, in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go, you want T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree to say, oh, yeah, we are rested up. We only played like 40-ish snaps or 50-ish snaps in this game. We have the juice to get it done here. And then that's when you see them dominate, be physical, and get after the quarterback, shrink the time he has in the pocket to process what the Steelers are doing in coverage in the closing minutes. And... To say, I think the Steelers are doing that right as far as keeping them fresh because late in the games, they've been applying pressure. And late in the games, teams have been able to come back on them. The last time a team took a fourth quarter, late fourth quarter or overtime drive for a game-scoring win against the Steelers was, you guessed it, last year in overtime against the Ravens after Juju Smith-Schuster fumbled to Marlon Humphrey in a game where Devlin Hodges had to come in for Mason Rudolph and everything else. That wasn't on the defense. They played phenomenal that day. They forced three turnovers on Lamar Jackson. 
That's the last time you could say that's happened. It hasn't happened since then in that season, and it, ha- it hasn't happened with the several chances that have ha- that have come along this past season. I, again, I brought this up after the game. Five times in the past three games has an offense had the ball late in the fourth quarter with the chance that if they score a touchdown, they take a, a definitive lead over the Steelers, and all five times the Steelers forced uh, a turnover on downs. So technically one was a fumble, but it was also on fourth down. So you know what I'm saying. The Steelers are figuring out that continuity. Yes, they need to clean up other things, but the bottom line is when, when again, when the wins are coming through, that that means you're figuring those things out. And if you ha- if you have to tighten up after a win, it's much easier to do that and much more beneficial for your team to do that after a win than after a loss. So don't panic about Alex Highsmith just yet. Don't panic about Avery Williamson's use just yet. But do keep an eye out for the rotations. And these are the things that you don't see as a fan sometimes. You'll sometimes forget that, you know, like during the third quarter when, when, when it, 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 the, the chips are down and you're like, oh, man, you know, I wish they could get something done here. You stop you stop looking at the numbers on the field and, oh, wait, that guy's out on the edge. Or, oh, wait, that line's guy's left in the middle. Oh, wait, they use this alignment. Keep an eye out for that. See who they're using in the middle of the game because then that can often determine who's fresh at the end of the game. I like the Steelers' depth there. I like how they're using it. I think it's going only going to get better as the season continues and they find more confidence in their rookies and younger players. We're going to throw it to one more quick break. When we come back, it's don't get me started. The Bengals did something silly. They done goofed. What did they do? Find out after this. Welcome back to the DK Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter, and you're listening to Don't Get Me Started. Don't get me started about the Bengals being so stupid to reenact the terrible Tao curse. What are you doing? This is Don't Get Me Started, the rant segment of the DK Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Y'all know I like to rant about things. I'm not necessarily mad. I think it's hilarious. Because the Bengals went on Twitter, their official Bengal account, not a fan, not a random person, not a, not a new player, but the Bengals Twitter account itself. And at the start of the Steelers week, they just tweeted out the video of TJ Hushmanzada cleaning his cleats with the terrible towel what are you thinking first of all yes that that play did come after a win but that was the start of the terrible towel curse that happened in 2005 after that the Steelers never lost a game that season and not only that the next time they played you they whooped you in the playoffs they took your star quarterback and sent him and sent him out Kimo Von Ohoff and ended his season, really ended his run as being a top-tier quarterback for the Bengals. Have you not learned? Have you not seen what's happened to other teams that have done this? I'm, I think it's stupid. What are you thinking if you're, you, you really want to go through that? 
And I'm not even mad. Normally, I'm 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 tweet I'm I'm not tweet I'm uh, I'm ranting from anger here in this in my don't get me started setting. But I'm laughing. I am laughing because this is just so hilariously stupid and defining of the Bengals. It's like when the Chargers tried to play Renegade in their state in their homes in their stadium last year, and all it did was energize the Steelers. What are you doing? Like I said, this is so funny. I'm gonna let out an evil laugh. You know what? No, no, I'm not gonna let out an evil laugh because I'm not good at evil laughs. You know who is good at evil last though mark hamill when he's being the joker take it away mark <laughs> yeah i mean come on that's just perfect i don't i don't need to do an evil laugh and pretend i'm a thriller or whatever mark hamill the joker the greatest uh comic book character as portrayed as a villain you know you know in medium history you know you can talk about your thanoses and, and everything else and, and Heath Ledger did a great job but Mark Hamill made the Joker in Batman the Animated Series still to this day the greatest superhero cartoon of all time all right nerd rant over back to sports rant guys it's just so stupid right let's think of all the times where people have dared do something with the terrible towel the Bengals did it that year we just said they went on, they, Carson Palmer gets his, his leg messed up, he's done, and the Steelers after then. And, and it really looked like after that game where they won, where Hushmanzada did that, maybe the change, the, turn, the changing of the tie, maybe that was going to change things around and the Bengals would have a chance to say, hey, we're going to be the big brother moving forward. Nope, that's not what happened. Steelers continued to be the big brother, went on to win two Super Bowls in the next few years. Bengals uh, just continued to has, still have not won a playoff game since the Green Ranger was a thing. Uh, for the Power Rangers, that's what I'm saying is that they, they did that to themselves. You go back and you listen, look, look at the Titans, the Titans with Lendale White and 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 what they did. They beat the Steelers in late in 2008, and they were the ones they at the after after the scene they had a pick six on Ben Roethlisberger, and they brought out the towel. And they started stomping on it on the sidelines. They were celebrating because they had the one seed. Yeah, they lost every single game for the rest of that season, including their first round, uh, including the first game after the bye week when the Ravens went into their house and smoked them. They then went 0-6 the next year. Oh, by the way, the Steelers won the Super Bowl that season. Um, also in that in that in that time, I think a Raven messed with the towel before the AFC Championship game, and I know the Cardinals mascot messed with the towel uh, at like an official presentation with the Cardinals were doing uh, before that Super Bowl. So great, great, great job, guys! You're continuing to enact the curse of the terrible towel, and then. You go into next year with the Titans. They lose all six of their first games in hilarious fashion. So much to the point that Lendale White and another Titan, I forget who else it was, sent a letter of apology, or no, it was a request to the Myron Cope Foundation and, and the, the nonprofit work that they do, saying, please, we're very sorry. We disrespected the terrible towel. Please lift the curse. Now, of course, this was done as a good joke because it was just funny and it was the talk of the NFL that year. But they were like, please don't make us don't make us lose anymore. We apologize for disrespecting the terrible towel. And then lo and behold, the very next week, what happened? They won a game. Now, I look throughout time, and there are times when you could say someone might have done a little thing with the terrible towel. Like, Ray Rice was seen leaving with a terrible towel, uh, uh, leaving Heinz Field with a terrible towel, and everyone was like, oh, he's going to get cursed. Now, Grant, that was the last season that Ray Rice was in the league, but that's not a funny matter. That's domestic violence. But I will say that Ray Rice also, you know, explained he traded 
his gloves to a fan for a terrible towel. I think that's a little bit different because it was a big, he said it was a big win for the Ravens and he wanted to remember it by having a, having something from that day uh, that was from the stadium. So, uh, and a fan, some fan got his gloves. Of course, again, Ray Rice, weird there. But, um, but you know, there, there's been other people that have tried this thing and it's just like, Bengals, why? Don't poke the bear. It's like when Bill Cowher was, was pleading with Joey Porter, you know, after they beat the, the Colts, he's like, Joey, please don't say anything, man. And then, of course, Joey Porter lets out the, he's like, F that, man. They shot me in Denver. No, right? And he was like, that's, that, that's the kind of thing. He's like, you don't want to upset the team that, you know, they have been, had a better year than you. you. You're the one having to pull the upset. You know, um, it, it, it was why people were upset at Antonio Brown for, live streaming the inside the Steelers locker room and catching Mike Tomlin calling the uh calling the Patriots a-holes and again you can say it amongst your own team but you don't let it get out there it's like what Anthony Smith you know said I guarantee that the Steelers are going to beat the, the they'll be able to beat the Patriots even though he was kind of like tricked into saying that because originally he just said he thinks he could and then the, the reporter asked him to guarantee it and he refused to guarantee it but then they were like oh so you're scared and then as a rookie he was like oh I ain't scared uh, but no, that's that's not. Uh, yeah, that was, that was just bad, 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 bad. But um, th- this ain't that. You're not even getting baited into it. You're just you're just continuing to bring up the bad juju. It's like, oh, like the Steelers got the good juju. He plays wide receiver. Why do you want the bad juju? And you're not even having that good a season. Why are you talking smack? Now, I grant. Again, it's just good fun. It's whatever. I don't think it's actually anything bad. But it's hilarious. It's like, why would you poke this bear? Why would you enact something that you know is going to get you talking about? Because all that's going to happen is that the Bengals lose this game. Everyone's going to point and laugh at this situation. And then even if you win this game, you know the Steelers are going to come back and whoop the tar out of you whenever you go back to Cincinnati. And then all those fans are going to be going down the Escaloser, and it's going to be rough for them. I just, I don't get it. Why? Why do this to yourselves? I don't know. But hey, they're the Bengals. That's why they're the Bengals. That's our Don't Get Me Started segment today, and that's our DK Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please go on, subscribe to us. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. We are part of the DK Sports Radio Network. We got big things coming here on the network coming very soon. Hope you're enjoying our morning Java shows. I do fantasy football in here for the WPXI Fantasy Football Insider, DK's Daily Shot, Noah's No Doubters, Noah's Down Memory Lane. We have so much content here. Get into all of it. Also, go to DKPittsburghSports.com. Subscribe to the website. I got my my analysis, my Carter's Classroom. You can read up why I think the offensive line is going to be fine. Everything's here. Why aren't you taking advantage of it? I don't know. Get on it. And we'll get on it for you tomorrow when Dale Lolly joins me for the Friday edition to preview all the weekend's games. And, of course, your Pittsburgh Steelers take it on Cincinnati Bengals.